Good morning, everyone. I would like to begin by introducing you to our new series for this summer. Uh, it is entitled Summer Stories. And what we will be doing this, this summer for our messages is having uh, the stories of disciples as to how God has brought about change in their life, uh, victory in their life, uh, share that story, which will be followed by a message that uh, goes along with the same theme. Uh, today, we're going to be talking about uh, the story of freedom in view of the 4th of July. And as we focus on the independence of our nation, uh, we're going to have our brother Bill uh, Murphy share his story as to how Christ has brought about, brought about freedom in his life. And then I will follow that story uh, with a message on the freedom that Jesus gives us uh, as his children, as disciples of Jesus. I hope you enjoyed this, and uh, we want to thank Bill for, for being willing to share his life. Hello, everyone. My name is Bill Murphy. I am a member of the Westchester region of the New York City Church of Christ, and I'm here to share with you what uh, freedom in Christ is to me. In order to do that, I thought uh, it best to start by sharing what my life was like before Christ. I was raised by two wonderful, God-fearing parents. Uh, they were Catholic and tried to guide me as they knew best. But somewhere in my early teens, I decided there was no God. I wound up totally giving into the flesh, and by the age of 16, I was uh, fully into drinking and drugs and selling drugs, a thief, a fornicator, into pornography, and the list went on. That life eventually led me into the rooms of Alcoholics Anonymous, where I even attempted that without God. Then about 43 days into my version of, of sobriety, I got hit with a whole bunch of emotional pain. I had fallen out of love with my first wife. I had lost my job, uh, bankruptcy, and divorce. Uh, I couldn't take the pain, and I started drinking again. And I realized after the third day how desperate uh, my situation was. I was uh, trapped, uh, truly ensnared and powerless to do anything about it. And I knew I was going to die from, from drinking. Uh, defeated, I, I stopped fighting. And I put my hands down and I prayed, God, if you exist, please save me. I don't want to die. And I haven't had a drink since. That was April 6th of 1996. I continued to seek God. And uh, I was eventually met and baptized uh, in December 26th of 2002. Uh, I'd like to share a scripture, uh, 2 Corinthians 12, 9. It reads, But he said to me, My grace is sufficient for you, for my power is made perfect in weakness. Therefore, I will boast all the more gladly about my weakness, so that Christ's power may rest on me. I learned that my problem is lack of power. After I said that prayer, God gave me the power I needed to be freed from drinking. And that experience taught me that in order to be free of the bondage of any sin, I need to admit my lack of power and rely completely on Christ. When I do that, I am free. If I exert my will, I nullify his power in my life because he isn't glorified, and then I'm back in trouble. When I was actively drinking, all my dreams and goals were just out of reach. Today I have an amazing life, well beyond my wildest dreams. In March 2019, I married an amazing woman. And all glory to God, as there's no way she would have married my former self. 
and the freedom from flesh that you know Christ gave us both allowed us to have our first kiss at the altar. However, to me, freedom doesn't mean that there aren't any challenges. In fact, even these last couple of years since a marriage, I've been through a lot. We, uh, we started a major home renovation project that's still ongoing. Six months into our marriage, my mom passed away. And uh, due to COVID, my wife and I alone had to had to pack up everything and uh, empty up, out the co-op with 60 years of memories and put it all in storage. And then uh, there's been financial stresses. We had to pay mortgage and rent and storage and everything. And, and the list goes on. Um, there's a lot for new marriage and door for sure. A lot of potential traps for us. But God is good. Not only do we still love each other, we still like each other. Amen. Um, and, and during the same time frame as all this was going on, my freedom in Christ allowed me to go back to school while working full time. And so far I have five A's and a B plus towards my degree. Um, I also trained for and ran my first marathon. It took me three years. Uh, I had injuries, uh, gout, asthma. I would pray and ask God, should I continue training and trying? He said, keep going. So last August 30th, I ran from Mayapak, New York to Elmsford on the North County Trail, 26.2 miles in five hours to a wife-made finish line. And uh, when I was running the marathon towards the end at mile 24, I found myself I had nothing left. Uh, there were so many thoughts coming at me that I should, I should give up. Um, it's August, the heat, the pain. Um, but I just kept praying, God, I have nothing left. This is all you. And uh, it's for your glory. And we made it. And, uh, you know, so when it comes to freedom in Christ, the way I see it is this. Uh, in this world, Satan is relentless and trying all kinds of ways to trap me and keep me there. Uh, and the only way I can be truly free comes from Jesus' spirit and his word. And the same way that Jesus was freed from death, just as he had to die first to be freed from it and live again by God's power to, for God's glory, so must I die with nothing left of me to be freed by God's power for God's glory. I am so grateful for the full life that I have today that freedom in Christ provides. Love you all. God bless. Thank you, Bill, for uh, opening wide your heart to us and helping us to see how through Jesus Christ you've seen true change come about in your life and that you have been set free uh, by the power of Christ. Uh, Jesus came to give us true freedom. And I, I'm, I'm thankful that we get to celebrate uh, the independence of our nation, uh, 4th of July, which signifies uh, America's freedom from uh, British rule and Back in 1776, when uh, the Declaration of Independence was signed and those 13 colonies were gone to become what we know today as United States of America. Uh, but the freedom we're talking about today is not dependent on which country you live in, uh, which, what age you are, what state of life you're in. The freedom we're talking about is a freedom that every soul can have wherever you are and whatever situation you're in uh, that that Jesus can give to you and that only Jesus can give to you. Uh, in Luke uh, chapter 4, when Jesus came 
And Luke 4 and verse 18, he said, the spirit of the Lord is on me. He has anointed me to preach good news to the poor. He sent me to proclaim freedom for the prisoners and recovery of sight for the blind, to release the oppressed, to proclaim the year of the Lord's favor. Jesus came to set us free, to give us freedom from sin, freedom from death, freedom from Satan's reign. That's what he came to do, and that is what he did. And so we can rejoice in the fact that through Christ, we have a freedom that no one can take away from us. The freedom that Christ uh, gives us is a great blessing that we need to treasure and that we need to hold on to. And to help us to understand this freedom, I want to look at a story that many of us are familiar with over in John, the eighth chapter, uh, where Jesus is in having a discourse with the Jews and Pharisees about their heritage as they call themselves children of Abraham. Jesus is trying to help them to see that the true freedom is not just through uh, your, your, your ancestry, but true freedom comes from a relationship with God, from uh, holding on to Jesus as Lord and Savior. So here uh, in uh, John 8, let's begin in verse 28. And there's a reason I want to begin in verse, verse 28, and you'll see in just a minute. Uh, in John 8, verse 28, it says, So Jesus said, Remember, we just did a series on Jesus said. That's why I want to include that. So Jesus said, when you have lifted up the son of man, then you will know that I am the one I claim to be and that I do nothing on my own, but speak just what the fathers taught me. The one who sent me is with me. He has not left me alone, for I always do what pleases him. Even as he spoke, many put their faith in him. To the Jews who had believed him, Jesus said, if you hold to my teaching, you're really my disciples. Then you will know the truth and the truth will set you free. They answered him, we are Abraham's descendants that have never been slaves of anyone. How can you say that we shall be set free? Jesus replied, I tell you the truth. Everyone who sins is a slave to sin. Now a slave has no permanent place in the family, but a son belongs to it forever. So if the son sets you free, you will be free indeed. We see some classic uh, statements in this discourse, uh, statements that are repeated time and time again, uh, both in the church and outside the church, uh, that if you know the truth, the truth will set you free. If the, if the sun sets you free, you will be free indeed. But there are three quick points that I'd like to make from this story that will, uh, I pray, will help us uh, to treasure the freedom that we have in Christ. Uh, number one, uh, I want us to look at what, what Jesus says when he said, everyone who sins is a slave to sin. What a radical statement. And when you first hear a statement like that, uh, you just go, oh, now wait a minute, everyone who sins is a slave to sin? Am I a slave to sin? Now what does Jesus mean by that? And and, and our, our tendency is to go, well, I, I know I sin, but I'm not enslaved to sin. Well, here's the reality of it all. We are slaves to sin because we do not have the power to redeem ourselves. We don't have the power or the means 
to set ourselves free. If we could, we would not be slaves to sin. But when we transgress against God, when we miss the mark, which is what it means to sin, we don't have uh, the, the, the means or the power or the avenue to, to, to fix it. Only Jesus can do that. Only God can give us uh, that, that forgiveness through the blood of Christ. You know, Romans chapter 3, verse 23, if, if you have any doubt about this, the Bible says, For all have sinned and fall short of the glory of God. All of us have missed the mark. Ecclesiastes 7, verse 20 says, There is not a righteous man on earth who does what is right and never sins. There is not a righteous man or woman on earth who does what is right and never sins. We all fall in that category. In Proverbs 20, verse 9, uh, the, the scriptures say, Who can say, I have kept my heart pure, I am clean and without sin. So when Jesus says everyone who sins is a slave to sin, he's really saying we're all in the same boat. We all have the same predicament. We all have fallen short. And none of us have a way out. And we needed God through Jesus to come and provide that way out. And here we have these Jews as well as the Pharisees saying, no, we're not slaves to sin. And, you know, it's really difficult to help someone fix their situation if they don't face their reality. And here Jesus is trying to help them to see their true spiritual state, not to condemn condemn them, but to help them to see, hey, here is the solution. Now, if you're thinking, you know, you know, I'm not really that bad of a sinner, and, and you compare yourself to the heinous crimes of others, I mean, maybe you do come out looking pretty good. But, you know, when I read some of the things that Jesus says sin is, there's no doubt in my mind that I've fallen short and that without him, I'm enslaved to sin. In Mark chapter 7, verse 20, uh, Jesus says, uh, what comes out of a man is what makes him unclean. For from within, out of men's hearts come evil thoughts, sexual immorality, theft murder, adultery, greed, malice, deceit, lewdness, envy, slander, arrogance, and folly. All these evils come from inside and make a man unclean. You know, when the Lord says that evil thoughts are sin, that envy, that jealousy, uh, that resentment is sin, I mean, what would people call you? If they knew your every thought indeed, where would you land if if everyone could see what goes on in your heart and mind? There's no doubt about it. We are sinners, but there's good news. We can be set free from sin. Now, Romans 6, 23 tells us that the wages of sin is death, and that's a spiritual death. Uh, eternal separation from God. But Jesus came to set us free from this condemnation so that we could be liberated, so that we could walk in the light and have the life that God uh, created us to, to have. And so Jesus sets the record straight and he helps them to see you're in sin, 
but you can be set free. And so the, the first statement, everyone who sins is a slave to sin. That's you and me. The second statement I want to look at that Jesus says, he says, the truth will set you free. The truth will set you free. Matter of fact, it goes on to say, if you hold to my teaching, you're really my disciples, then you will know the truth and the truth will set you free. We've heard that so many times, but, but, but what does it mean? It, it, it simply means that Jesus has come to give us the way out, to show us through the truth of, of his words, through the truth of the word of God, that if we follow that path, we can be set free. You know, as, as Bill talked about his life, what made the difference? Getting in the word of God, seeing where he was spiritually, and seeing that God had provided a way out. That's what the word of God does for us. It's a light to our path. It opens our hearts and our minds to salvation through Jesus Christ. Now, look at these, these Jews here. They said they say to Jesus, we are Abraham's descendants and have never been slaves of anyone. Really? Never been slaves of anyone? Well, what about Egypt? What about those 430 years? Uh, what about Babylonian captivity? And what about now even under the Romans? Never been slaves? You know, one of the that the real issues in our lives sometimes as human beings is that we're self-deceived, that we don't really face the reality of where we are. We don't really see ourselves as we really are. Matter of fact, oftentimes we think that we're much better than we really are. And the great thing about the word of God, the great thing about the truth of God is that it opens our eyes to see who we really are. A great scripture uh, that relates to this is uh, James 1. I mean, James 1, and beginning in verse 22, uh, the scriptures say, Do not merely listen to the word and so deceive yourselves. Do what it says. Anyone who listens to the word but does not do what it says is like a man who looks at his face in a mirror and after looking at himself, goes away and immediately forgets what he looks like. But the man who looks intently into the perfect law that gives freedom and continues to do this, not forgetting what he has heard, but doing it, he will be blessed in what he does. What is the word of God compared to? A mirror. You look in it and you see your true reflection. You see your true self. You see what you really look like in the eyes of God. And you also see a way to change, a way to be redeemed, a way to receive salvation by God's grace. And so the reason that we need to be in the word of God every day is because every day we need to get see who we really are so that we can continue to grow, continue to change. The reason that Satan works so hard to keep us out of the word of God is because he does not want us to see the truth. Because as Jesus says, the truth will set you free. And that's the great thing about being convicted by the scriptures. Oh, sometimes it, it hurts. Sometimes you don't like what you see. But it's the way out. 
It's the way to really becoming what you should be and what you can be. But first of all, you've got to own where you are, who you are, what you've done, how you've fallen short. And praise God for his word, because that's exactly what he does. You know, on a practical level, it's been said that men are more vain than women. That on average, a man looks at himself at least 23 times a day in the mirror. And that women do it 16 times a day. But the fact of the matter is we always are trying to take a look at ourselves. We get up in the morning, we want to see what we look like. You know, sometimes even before we go to bed at night, we want to see what we look like. Well, what the Word of God does, it helps you to see what you really look like. It tells you the truth about yourself. And then it shows you the way to be transformed, to bring about change in that life. It sets you free. The truth sets us free. And that's why we need to be in the Word every day, allowing it to speak to our hearts, to bring about change in our lives. And then, then finally, Jesus says, if the Son sets you free, you will be free indeed. If the Son sets you free, then you'll have true freedom. And what's the point? It's simply that only Jesus, no one else, nothing else, can set us free from the bondage of sin, can set us free from the God of this age, the evil one, can set us free from ourselves, from from our, our addictions, from our appetites, from our guilt, from, from condemnation. Only Jesus can do that. Our good deeds can't save us. I mean, none of us are good enough. We can't earn our way to heaven. We can't give enough money to earn our salvation. I mean, the price is too high. It's too steep. Only Jesus can do that. And Jesus said that, look, other people are going to come and try to tell you that they too can set you free. But they can't. No one can set you free. But Jesus, because only Jesus lived that perfect life and went to the cross and died for our sins, only the blood of Christ can wash away our sins. Now, Jesus tells us in Matthew 24 and verse 4, and trying to warn us about uh, what would come, he says, uh, watch out that no one deceives you. For many will come in my name claiming I am the Christ and will deceive many. People have always tried to come and say that they too can set us free. And Jesus says, no, only I can do that. Jesus says in John 14, verse 6, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No one comes to the Father except through me. Only Jesus can set us free. Uh, Peter, uh, in, in defending the gospel, in Acts 4, verse 12, says, Salvation is found in no one else, for there is no other name under heaven given to men by which we must be saved. Salvation is found in no one else but Jesus. So only the Son can set you free. And if the Son sets you free, you are free indeed. 
every other, every, every other effort to set you free from your sin is a fraud. Only Jesus can do that. Paul, in his struggle with legalistic righteousness, came to the conclusion that only through the righteousness of Jesus, only by the grace of God, could we ever, could he ever truly be saved. In Romans 7, as we come to a close here, in Romans 7, in verse 21, Paul says, So I find this law at work. When I want to do good, evil is right there with me. For in my inner being, I delight in God's law. But I see another law at work in the members of my body, waging war against the law of my mind and making me a prisoner of the law of sin at work within my members. What a wretched man I am who will rescue me from this body of death. Thanks be to God through Jesus Christ our Lord. Without Jesus, we're all wretched. We fall short. But the good news is that we can be set free. The good news is that we can receive salvation, that we, can, that we gain the hope of eternal life through Jesus Christ, our Lord. As we commune together, let's remember that Christ has come to set us free, that he's given us the truth, that he's poured out his life, he's poured out his blood, that we could have true redemption as we celebrate this holiday let's remember to celebrate true freedom through the power the blood the grace and the goodness of our lord and savior jesus christ let's pray together our god and father in heaven thank you so much for sending jesus to set us free god thank you for the, the many blessings that we have through him, that we can get up every day knowing that though we fall short, that though we, we, we sin, that though we miss the mark, that because of the blood of Christ and your grace and your mercy, that we can be renewed each and every day. Father, thank you for liberating us, for giving us a new life, and as we commune together, Father, we praise you for the body of Christ that was hung on that tree and for the blood of Jesus that was poured out, that our sins could be forgiven for all time. We love you, we honor you, we praise you, and we ask it all in the mighty name of Jesus. Amen.